All right, so welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History. We got Jake, Jeff, and Eric. Hope you guys are doing well. How are you doing? Doing good, Eric? <laughs> yeah, Killing six it? weeks into school, I finally figured it out. Sweet. Got all the procedures and shit figured out. Oh, I'm already dropping S bomb. So oh, there we go. Gosh. No, I don't. Dude. I just all of the stuff that's not like on a rhythm, like on a schedule. Those things are what I got taken care of. So now I'm like into the rhythm and I know yeah. like the pace of my day. <clears throat> but for those first six weeks, I was just every day I was just trying to figure the day out. So, yeah, I'm good now. Six, good, man. six weeks to catch your stride. Is that what I'm hearing here? Yes, I'm a slow learner, Jeff. Thank you. That's not true. Hey, I'm just trying it, to figure out why this half, actually took six weeks. Half of it was like getting like our our athletic league stuff running. So, you know, I, so every day I was dealing with like getting kids registered, ordering uniforms, working on league schedule, getting referees lined up. So it was all these these things that are not uh, things I regularly deal with. They're like it's a one off problem, but. Now that all that stuff is behind me, the league schedule is set, everything's moving, it's not requiring constant attention. So I like how your first three weeks of the school year is dedicated towards getting sports set up, as it should be. Yeah. America, baby. What else, what else is school for? Because if I don't have sports, I can't leverage that to get the kids to do work, right? Yeah, that's, where, that's how you get the boosters, man. That's, that's where the money comes from. Do you have any boys competing so, on the yeah. teams? What's that? Do we have any boys competing on the girls' teams? No. No, we do not. Okay. No. Thank you. <laughs> Clarify that. End of that discussion. Yeah. that's. It does remind me, though, when we um, – that was my last two years coaching at Gethsemane, and we had uh, Addie and uh, Sarah mm-hmm. on the soccer team. And I loved having them on the soccer yeah, team. Yeah, they were fantastic athletes. Because especially Sarah, she was like <clears throat> fearless. Yeah. And so she would just go charging in and like knock a boy back and like kind of set the tone for the game or the practice. It's like, see, this is how you should play. It's a ball. Don't be afraid of it. Like <clears throat> it's not going to kill you. So we had that question in our league, which was uh, if you can girls, girls on play on football team. And – our league essentially said, no, we're not going to allow that. Like if we, if girls really want to do flight football, we'll set up a season in the spring. That'd be fun. It was just, there wasn't really much discussion and that was fine. I didn't want to open a can of worms. Um, yeah. With, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So we're just, yeah, it's easier to just say no for now. Yeah. No, I get it. It's, you know, it's funny this league that my daughter is in, for soccer and it's a co-ed league and I like it because, you know, it gives her a, a chance to play soccer, which she'd never done before. But it's also like playing with the boys is a different energy and like she's kind of rising to the challenge. And I really like seeing that and uh, seeing how she reacts. Cause you know, some, not, not all of them, but most of the boys are bigger than her. And so they play a little harder and, knock her around and then she knocks him right back. And it's like, good. Like, welcome to sports. Like, it's fun to see that, 
that happen. And it's not that you can't have that in an all girls team. You absolutely can. Um, but I didn't know how it was going to go with co-ed and I'm really happy. <clears throat> so it, it's good up to a point, anyway. right? I mean, it, I mean, if she sticks with it and loves it and is yeah. in the girls league, I mean, I, you know, Lillian played, uh, she played, you know, club volleyball for years and it was a ton of fun going to all those events and those girls could bring it, man. I, I, I wouldn't get out there and grant I was, you know, 40 year old man at that point, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think title nine has been, it's been a great thing for all of our daughters, man. I think so too. Yeah. And I think, you know, with her, like, she's like, she was the one that was pushing us. Like, I want to play soccer. And I'm like, all right, we'll sign you up with the city league. And the way it shook out is it was a, it's, I guess, co-ed or I, I know they have a girls league, but however it worked out for her, the team that she was able to get on and, and make practice was a co-ed team on a co-ed league. And, and it, it's working out great. And if she likes it and sticks with it, then yeah, we'll keep putting her in soccer. And, you know, if she wants to keep playing on, you know, when she gets into middle school and high school and like that, yeah, let's do it. Like it's, you know, it's her first organized team activity and it makes me happy because sports in general, I think is a great thing for a kid's development because it puts them in a situation that they're just not normally in. And it challenges them in ways that they're not going to get challenged at home or at school, you know? And I like seeing that, you know, her being, you know, tested, like she practiced at goalie tonight and she took one right in the gut, but she caught the ball and she was really proud of herself. Like she did it. And like, you know, that's good. So. Yeah. And there's a third party there. You got a coach, you know, it's like a teacher. It's not a parent with all the emotional baggage, mm -hmm. you know, a, a good coach. <laughs> will change a kid's life. Yeah. So anyway, just proud dad stuff, I guess, you know, on my end. But, uh, and then, uh, how about you, Jeff? How you doing? Been busy? I'm great. Yeah, no, I've been, uh, yeah, my wife has gotten me, uh, reinvigorated at work and work's been going great. We're kicking butt and there's a lot going on there and, you know, deals happening and new, uh, new listings and all that good stuff. So that's good. And, um, past all that, you know, even does, though we've been busy work, reinvigorated. What's that? Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, does reinvigorated mean your wife told you we need more money or was it? Well, no. So, I mean, we've got a goal now. So she's a, uh, she's a pharmacist and she, she likes her job and she's good at it. And, but uh, there's a thought to have her help me with Transworld, and there's uh, it shouldn't be overly difficult to replace her current income, and she can help me with that. And it would uh, awesome. be better for all of us. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm one of the few lucky men who could almost certainly work directly with his wife. So, uh, yeah, and I think she'd be good at it. So that that's kind of what what led to this whole uh, you know going out and trying harder and really getting on it. But yeah, it's, it's bearing a lot of fruit. So it's been good. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And the boys have uh, started flag football. They're on, uh, they're, they're on different teams in the same league. So they'll play each other a couple of times and, um, they do have practice nice. on different nights, which sucks. But other than that, um, this should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Awesome. That'll be a fun game or games, I guess. To, to see how they do against each other. 
yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. And then my, my granddaughter's Ivy is, you know, she turns two next month and she is, she is her mother plus 20%. This is God and karma and you two both know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and Ivy is great. And she's such a wicked handful, but it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch on a lot of different levels. That's awesome. All right. Well, you guys ready to, to get in this, Eric? I don't know if you had a, a topic for tonight, but I had a couple of thoughts or questions. We don't need to I, I was just no waiting breath. for you to be like, let's get into this. Be let's like, get into it. Get into so, what? This took the storm, <laughs> the internet by storm the past week. Uh, a woman, I believe on TikTok or on Twitter, asked her husband kind of randomly, uh, just goes, how often do you think of the Roman Empire? And he was like, every single day, like, he thinks about it way too much. It's unhealthy. And so then all these wives started asking all their husbands, how often do you think of the Roman Empire? And the vast majority of them thought about it way more than you think a, a person should think about the Roman Empire. Um, many, at least a week, once a week, sometimes two or three times a week, sometimes every single day. So with that, Eric, Jeff, how often do you guys think about the Roman Empire? I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. It's more than my yeah, wife up there. I think about it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it would be surprising to anybody who thought they knew how frequent it was. Yeah. Um, it's not quite daily, but it's it's far more than weekly. Yeah. It's It's not even like serious thoughts about it. Like, it's just sometimes like... Man, that Julius Caesar was crazy. And that's it. And that's the I, end of the thought. Or, I did just finish reading a book about the Roman Empire, though. You did. So. And, or like, how did they go to the bathroom? Like, how did that work? What did they do back then? And just random stuff like that. It's not even like about the important stuff about, you know, the emperors or when they conquered Gaul or something like that. It's, it can be the most random thing. And I'll just be like, I wonder what this was like in Rome. And that's the end of the thought. Like I was wondering today, I go, where did the Pontifex Maximus come from? And so I just started looking it up and it took me back to like all the way to the Roman kingdom. So predating the Republic was where Pontifex Maximus, the name, you know, what we call the Pope came from. It's just because I had this random thought. I think about it. I think about the Roman Empire way too much. That's well, really thought, what it comes down to. I, I have one predominant thought that dominates my 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 thinking about the Roman Empire, why did they use so much lead? Yeah. They knew it was seriously problematic, but it was in the aqueducts, yeah. it was in the baths. I mean, they're like, it's driving us crazy, it's poisoning us slowly, it's toxic, but man, it really works well. I mean... Like, is that the thought process? We use like, Red 40 in everything. And we know it's bad for us. I think that's what it, Eric, yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's just cheap. It's just it was cheap and it was easy to use. Do you guys yeah. remember leaded gasoline? Yeah. yeah. Eric, do you guys remember leaded gasoline? Yeah, yeah. my dad, my dad was pissed. When I was a kid, you could get, when they gasoline, got rid of leaded you gasoline. You get leaded or unleaded. Like, we're burning it in cars. It's going to the, and we definitely knew. So 
anyhow, it's kind of opened up a whole nother subject. Yeah. But yeah, that's my thought on the Romans is how could they be so dumb? But yeah, you're right. We're just as dumb. A hundred percent. We're just as dumb about way more stuff. <laughs> way more stuff. Yeah. Not just lead. Yeah. Like, well, processed yeah, sugar is going to kill us all. Yeah, but it tastes so good. But it tastes so good and it's cheap. Why so would you... cheap. Yeah. Oh, get man. it from corn and corn is easy and we pay the Iowans and Minnesotans to just grow all of it mm-hmm. in, uh, in 1920 do you know what the average daily sugar consumption was for an American like a uh, gram yeah That's one gram exactly what it was. one gram and do you, do you know what the recommended daily allowance is today for children no no clue 100 50 grams grams 50 nice. grams Huh. Five zero is the recommended daily allowance. Sick. It's probably uh, it's probably we eat too much bacon with fat in it. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, we have yeah. too many fried eggs. Can't be the fifty time sugar. If if you've ever tried to eradicate sugar and canola oil and seed oils from your diet, it is exceedingly difficult. The, the entire middle of the grocery store is completely off limits to you. You can go to the dairy, you can go to the meat department, and you can go to the produce section. You can't go to the middle. There's nothing in there for you. Well, I wow. think, I mean, it is difficult. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But, I mean, if you just stay on the outside. Yeah, but none of that stuff tastes as good, Eric. No, and it doesn't last more than a week. T-bone steaks are delicious. Butter and eggs, delicious. Beets are amazing. Beets? Beets. True farms, baby. What, did you grow up in the Great Depression? Baked beets? Have you not had beets with, like, salt them after being in the oven? Yeah, for my grandfather who served in World War II. That's the last time I ate beets. Oh, yeah, I'm with so Eric on this. I'm a big fan of a good serving of beets, a good juiced beet. Oh man! Okay, all right, Dwight Schrute, you guys. Have you are... ever done like juiced beets, like juiced them for a juice? Oh, yeah, no, good. No. Oh, I'm not asking you, Jake. No. Okay. Well, I'll just leave. You guys can have a beat off. <laughs> let's do that. Let's have let's have a beat off with our best beet recipes. <laughs> I think that'd be a great episode, the Dad Bod Beat Off episode. <laughs> uh, great. I, I, about it. <laughs> I just gotta wash them really good first. Get all the yeah, air, everything off. Them. I'm gonna juice mine. Yeah. Jake, uh, I guess you just be the judge. Yeah, I'll judge your beat off. It'll be great. All right. That's awesome. Just beady goodness. So here's my favorite thing is we got here from how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Yeah, no, that tracks. That that makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, it is like everything could go back to the Romans. Yeah, they probably loved beats. Yeah, they loved beating off. Who's big fans? Yeah. So much editing. So much editing. Yeah. For what? It's just beets. Just beets, I, I baby. It's just a. It's just a root. Yeah, it's just a just a hearty root vegetable. All right, moving on. See where this one takes us. 
Another question that popped up on the internet this past week. This is less history related. Do you know where your F-35 is? Yeah, where did that F-35 go? They, they found no idea. They found it. Oh, did they find it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they found the wreckage in the forest. Oh, it did? Or but so like, they say. It, like, ejected the pilot and, like, turned itself off, right? That's what I heard. Is there not a LoJack or, like, uh, an Apple tracker on those or nothing? We got nothing yeah, on that? Your tag on that thing. Wasn't the entire program based on the idea that all the F-35s would be connected via GPS? I, don't. Like, I thought that was the the entire program idea was that everything will be like interconnected and then one just goes off on its own. Yeah. I have I, I not a real question. And we're trying to sell these things to countries across the world. And I mean, it's got to get rid of them fast enough. Yeah. It can't be a, it's gotta be a tough marketing sell. Yeah. The, no, this plane's great. Yeah. We lost one, but it's great. It, it, it ejected the pilot and crashed itself, but it's a great plane. I mean, I'm sure it is, but it's weird. Okay, so the question was, another one that popped up on the internet. Uh, what apex predator do you think you could beat in a fight? So you, you, go into the, you go into the Coliseum, no weapons. You get to pick an apex predator, and you got to beat it in a fight. I don't know if you have to kill it, but you definitely can't die. It's got to tap out? Yeah, you got to get it to tap out. <laughs> I think I can take an eagle. I think I can. I, I think I can handle an eagle. Do, do I get any weapons? No, just Hammer you and your hand. wits. Yeah, I'll. I'll. I'll I, I would take on an eagle. I might be biting off more than I can chew here, but I feel pretty good about this. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I don't think I could take any land animal predator. No, and, yes. and anything in the water, like forget about it. A crocodile, a shark. You're 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 done. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like Coliseum, right? It's not in the water. Yeah. I could take a shark if it's on dry land. Yeah, no, yeah. Shark on the dry land, you could probably wreck, I think they would flood the Coliseum for the shark event. Yeah. So yeah. you're gonna have to give up a little bit for the shark. I think the bird based event would be your best chance. Because as long as you can keep seeing it, when it comes down, you're gonna get messed up. But if you can grab it, that's game over for that eagle. Well, it's going to do so some damage, yeah, but, but I, I like my chances over the course of the whole fight. Did we end yeah. up back at the Roman Coliseum? Just everything, everything goes back to Rome, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I don't there? think I could take anything. Like, I don't know, maybe like a, I mean, an apex predator. What are the apex predators? Any bear is an apex nope. predator. Okay. A wolf is an apex <laughs> predator. Uh, maybe a small wolf. A, okay, like a wolf cub. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> if my dog or if any large dog in my neighborhood got really aggressive with me and I had to, I'm pretty sure I could. I got the weight on the thing. Yeah, but the difference between a large dog, even like a big dog breed and a wolf is very different. Yeah. Like wolves are much bigger than most dogs and they're a lot faster and stronger than most dogs. Yeah, yeah that's true. So not a wolf. Okay. Lion, any of the big cats, probably nope. a no. Are there any like apex prey you could take? <laughs> I don't even think there's any like a moose. I wouldn't fight a moose. I'd run from a moose before I'd run from a bear. What's an apex prey? Yeah. Wait a minute. What what just happened there? I don't know what that means. 
like a prey animal, but it's still terrifying, like a moose or a hippo. Most animals are terrifying. I mean, unless it's yeah. tiny. <clears throat> like I could take a fox. Like, like a buffalo. I wouldn't – like a buffalo is technically a prey animal, but they're terrifying. No, a buffalo would wreck your – yeah, that, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's game over for the buffalo. I've seen one too many videos of women getting close at Yellowstone and then getting yeeted 50 feet in the air. <laughs> they never Stop get old. Stop taking pictures. They're as Can you send me some of those? Because I haven't seen enough. Yeah. yeah. Just, I, you know, birds. But the thing about birds is I, I, I understand like them flapping their wings generates like enough energy to break human bones. I think it's a falcon. Like the way it hunts its prey, like other birds and stuff, is it dive bombs them, and it gets going like well over a hundred miles an hour, oh. and it just concusses the thing and kills it that way, and then grabs it and goes and eats it. I'm I'm very certain that in the event, the highly unlikely event, I hope that I was ever called out on my ability to beat an eagle, I would find out quickly I've bit off more than I can chew. But yeah. Is it- if, if I have to pick what an apex predator, that's what I'm going with. I See, agree. what makes humans like what levels the playing field is our is our ability to use weapons. Yeah. Um, but this is based on that that survey they did of like 2,000 Americans and 2,000 British men, right? Oh, is it? Like, which animals do you, like how many? Uh, do you think you could defeat this animal in hand-to-hand combat? And overwhelmingly, the Americans <clears throat> think they can beat these animals like 50% more frequently than the British do. Damn, yeah, we do. Look, and I'm not are, saying I could beat a bear, but I would do oh, better than a Brit. There's That's quite all. a few <laughs> There's quite a few men that think they can take a bear. Yeah. So, like, I get that. But it is, yeah, like, uh, again... It was typically women asking their husbands or boyfriends, what apex predator do you think you could beat? And the men were very confident in their oh, ability yeah. to take down like a lion or a bear or a wolf or whatever it is. I don't even – I wouldn't even fight an ostrich. An ostrich terrifies me. They're fast. They're mean. They're taller than me. So. Or, or the cassowary birds down in Papua New Guinea, man. They're like – it's like a rooster cross with a velociraptor. You, you meet one of those things in the jungle? Yeah, disembowel you. What are they? Aggressive? It's called a cassowary. Cassowary. Eric's looking it up. New Zealand? Yeah. I don't know if they're in New Zealand. They're definitely in in Papua New Guinea. And they're like really aggressive. They're not. What is it? They're not afraid of no man. I think it's C A S S O W A R Y. Cassowary. Cassowary. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. See? That thing doesn't camouflage itself. Yeah, it looks like something from a video game, right? It doesn't need to camouflage yeah. itself. It'll kill you. <laughs> it's not hiding from you. If you find it, that's your feet problem. Feet of a cassowary. Cassowaries use their feet as weapons. Yeah. <clears throat> I can tell. Jeez. See? I think there's video on YouTube oh of one attacking a guy. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, one of their species is extinct, so take that. Yeah, we'll we'll win eventually. (laughs) The pygmy cassowary. Well, there you go. It was the short one. 
big ones are still around, though. <laughs> well, the dwarf one still exists. Oh, all right. I don't know. Fascinating. Yeah. So there you go. Are, are there right. any apex Next. predators that came up that, that we didn't think of that we should have um, been able to beat? Some people brought up, like, crocodiles and alligators, which, again, I would never I would never want to be no, part I of want, that. I want nothing to do with that at all. Yeah. That's, or, or like, that's like too an, much an, an anaconda? Forget it. Yeah. I don't even know if a rattlesnake's an apex predator, but no. Hard pass. Well, living in Arizona, you just learn you, you don't you don't, you don't mess go near them. They're telling you don't go near me. Just stay away. Yeah, crocodiles and alligators. That was the other one for sure that I remember people saying they could they could beat in a fight. Like I don't, I don't. You, you got to work your way up to that. A sturgeon <laughs> is an apex predator. Have you a ever fish? seen a sturgeon? They're they're big. They're terrifying. They got these mean. Nasty teeth, too. They're like in Lake Michigan, Lake Superior. They're <clears throat> old fish. The Eurasian fish. eagle owl. Ugh, thing has eyes that are like bright red. You know, if you level the playing field for the bird and you make it at <clears throat> night, that, that, that could be a serious problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you can't see it coming... And you sure as heck aren't going to hear it coming. Well, I don't know about that. I've been duck hunting, and ducks flying over actually make a lot of noise. Their 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 wings kind of whistle. So when you get close to something that big that's flying, they they they. I guess I was thinking like owls. The way owls fly is basically silent at night. The way their feathers move makes almost no noise. Who? Like a great great horned owl. No, that was a dad joke. Sorry. Who? Oh. Ah. <laughs> oh, I did that in class today. <laughs> Asked him, kill? what's your favorite board game? And eventually the kid's like, sorry. I'm like, there's no reason to apologize. Just let me know your favorite oh, board game. Nice. And I did that a couple times. And you get the one kid in the back who's like, ha, ha, ha. I'm yeah. like, we all smiled. I saw it. You're trying to hold it back. Too cool. That kid's too cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Um, next question. It's not really a question, but ancient Greece. So not Rome. Sorry, guys. Ancient Greece was kind of known for their colonies. And so I was reading this article and they were talking about the DNA of like Southern Italy and Sicily. And when the Greeks came over to colonize that area and they dated it to like six to 800 BC um, where these Greek kind of explorers and, and colonists came over. And I was thinking about that because the Greeks colonized all over the Mediterranean, like Odessa in Ukraine was a Greek colony. Obviously Byzantium, Constantinople was a Greek colony. Troy, which was in modern day Turkey, was a Greek colony. Syracuse in Sicily, Southern Italy was all Greek colonies. Uh, Marseille in France was a Greek colony. All these places around the Mediterranean were Greek colonies. And they weren't like a true empire in ever in any real instance. They were never like Rome or Persia or Assyrians, but they spread their culture all over the place um, across the Mediterranean. And I was thinking about that because when we talk about like colonies and like with the Greeks and there's like, all right, well, we're just going to send some people over here, start a city and see what happens. 
And then when you talk about like today, the next frontier of that is like space, right? And Elon wanting to go to Mars and start a colony in Mars or if not him, you know, somebody within a generation or two. And I just think of it because like if we were to send colonists to Mars, what like what would become of them? Because when the Greeks sent colonies to like Syracuse and Odessa and all across the Mediterranean, like they weren't reporting to home base that often. They became their own independent yeah. city state. And I think that's what would happen if we ever did colonize like the moon, maybe not the moon, but the moon or Mars. We're like those they would they would no longer like even if they were all Americans, just the sheer distance from Earth, if they were able to become self-sustaining. Right, they so would, that's they become their own thing. They would no yeah, longer that's be what American. Depends on is being self. What was that, Jeff? I said they're Americans right up until they're not. I mean, they're Americans, yeah. but a couple of generations in, they want autonomy. Right, they don't want to be governed by King George. There, it's you know, it's a breakaway. Now they're they're Martians or whatever they are, and yeah. Yeah, it depends on their their level of self sufficiency. If they require supplies constantly being sent from Earth, then they're going to be dependent on them for everything. Yeah. Uh, once they become self-sustaining, then it's that's it. Yeah, I guess so. But in, in like, but even then, so like, if they went <clears throat> to Mars, colonized, but and they would still say if they were all Americans, you know, and but they all kind of ran their own thing, became their own city state for lack of a better term. They would still bring American influence, American culture, American language, American ideas of how to run things to that colony. And so in that sense, like the Greeks, they would spread America would spread its culture across the solar system. But Mars is a big place. So if China sent a colony and, you know, let's say Russia or England or whomever, each one of those colonies, even if they no longer needed home base anymore, they would set up their own little unique culture that was tied to their original, you know, founding home nation, I guess, for lack of a better term. I don't know. It was just random because I was reading this article about the colonies of Greece and like, yeah, they were Greek in heritage, they were Greek in language, they were Greek in culture, but they weren't Greek in authority, like as where they were reporting back to the Peloponnese or, you know, to Athens or Sparta. They were they and, were and their they own self. They ultimately became their own thing, right? Yeah. You know, and and I, you think, know, the, the Greeks, I think there's been an inevitability to that. Yeah. So I don't know. It wasn't a deep thought, but it was just kind of cool to think like. I don't think in our, maybe in our lifetimes, but in the next generation or two, that's probably going to be something that happens where earth expands, you know, people from earth expand out and how they stay connected with earth is going to be interesting, you know, or if they become totally separate or, or whatever, it's just kind of a wild. Did you, did you ever read, uh, Orson Scott cards, uh, follow up to Ender's game? No, I didn't. Did yeah. So, so they they branch out. One follows the other students <clears throat> that were at the school, and the other follows Ender. But it's like three thousand years in the future, 
and he goes from planet to planet. And 3000 years after the events of the first book, he he's basically gone the speed of light. So he didn't age. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to these planets where like this planet is uh, new Portugal and everyone on the planet speaks Portuguese and they're like Brazilian and Portuguese. And like he, that's, that's the country that sponsored them. That's where all the people were from. So this planet is essentially like a Portuguese colony. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of the interesting thing of number one, what would it take? Like how many people do you need to, to send to a, a planet to guarantee to whatever level you can guarantee it that they survive within a range of like 25 years, right? Because if you send, you know, four couples, eight people, and they each have four children, right? So now your your next second generation is 16. What's it going to take to get to a level where the population is not going to be, not going to die out? Of course, it can always be like wiped out, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, how many people do you send to make sure that it can, population can be sustained? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when I was reading that article and they're talking about colonizing Sicily, the Greeks, like it wasn't just a ship full of Greeks. It was thousands of Greeks that came over to like Southern Italy and Sicily. And like, obviously there was already people there. So they, you know, married and had kids with, with the people that were already living there. So it wasn't like Mars or the moon, but they had to send thousands of men over to establish this colony and then um, but that's the story of Aeneas, isn't it like he yeah. leaves troy after the battle and he leaves with a massive amount of people yeah and they travel around and they finally make it to italy to rome yeah and found rome mm-hmm. so but it's with hundreds of people it's with ships yeah yeah you can't send elon can't send like one ship full of people to Mars and hope to establish a successful colony. Like you've got to have a lot of people and a massive amount of resources to make it, to make it stick. Um, so I don't know. Just, we'll well, see. Colonizing There's an island there. on this planet versus colonizing a whole nother world. That's, that's a whole other collection yeah. of issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, if that's how hard it was to, to send a colony, you know, just across the sea, basically in ancient Greece and establish it. That's how many people you needed. Just imagine how much more you're going to need to, to go interstellar. Um, yeah. So I don't know, just a random thought. How about you guys? Any other things that popped up for you guys this week or. Yeah. Here's a, here's anecdote a, Here's a factoid for you, Eric. You know that we do not know where Cleopatra is buried? I had never thought about it. I know, but isn't that interesting? Because she's a very prominent figure. She's not from that long ago. She was a, a, a globally well, known... I don't know about globally known. She was, she was, a, she, she was a big deal through the, the West... And to have yeah. her final I, resting place be unknown is an interesting thing. Well, do we know where Alexander is buried or Julius Caesar or Mark Anthony? 
Like, I don't know I, the I'm trying to, to think that. through some of, do we know where Jesus is buried? But, um, tis, right? So, okay. Okay. I, like, I, I, so the Jesus one aside, sure, that's a joke, but do we even know where the actual tomb is? Well, there's like people, you know, there's tradition I, that they say I know they there's, found there's the tradition tomb, and but, claim, but, but I'm trying to think about anyone from the ancient world that we know their burial place who are famous other than we found a burial place and this is why they matter. But, mm-hmm. um, let, yeah, I, I'm I mean, just trying Egyptians, to think of who we know that buried in places. Are you sure we don't know where Julius Caesar's final resting place is? I got no idea. I do think it's interesting because although Alexander, uh, Alexander, uh, Cleopatra was killed, you know, her and Mark Anthony killed themselves um, against their war in Octavian. Their daughter, I think her name is Antonia Minor, went on to become an empress and the mother of possibly Claudius, Emperor Claudius. And so even though Cleopatra died and Mark Anthony died, their line carried on through the Julian dynasty um, through their daughter, Antonia Minor. So it's not like they extinguished the whole family. Um, So you would think that at least for a few generations, Cleopatra and Mark Anthony's burial place would be known just by proxy of their daughter, who was the empress. What'd you find there? there? So Julius Caesar was cremated and an altar was quickly built on top of his cremation site. Um, Eventually became a temple. It's in the southeastern quadrant of the Roman Forum. Okay, so we know where Caesar's is. So, but that's a cremation site. What happened with the cremated remains is, I, I'm not sure if they were put in the ground there or what. <clears throat> but it's a temple of Julius Caesar. But we could call right. that, I think, confidently his final resting place, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. suppose. But you're not going to be able to dig him up because he's cremated. Um. It's very different than a lot of like mid- medieval kings who have like a burial place with a sarcophagus that you can look at and you know that the remains are in there. Or well, George like, Washington, you see the box right there and you're like, he's yeah, just laying in there. It's weird. Thinking of American presidents, we probably know where all of them are, right? Yep. Yeah. It's funny because what was it? Richard the third was killed in the 12th. 1300s, I don't remember. But Richard III was killed in battle, and they didn't know where he was buried for the longest time. And then I think it was like a decade or so ago in London, they were digging up like a parking lot, and they found Richard III's body. <laughs> like, oh, here it is. Like, it's just park. randomly, yeah, in a car park. And so they, they, I think they've had him like reinterred now in Westminster, but. For the longest time, he was just buried under a parking lot, and nobody had any idea that this relatively famous king of England was there. And, uh, yeah, just wild. Yeah, it was Richard III. 
Was it? Yeah. Yeah, but I he, it was a parking lot, but it was um car I mean, there there was a a, church, a cathedral there. So they just he was buried near the cathedral. They just weren't sure where. Yeah. It was under that parking lot. It's another parking lot. It's wild. Another one like it says Alexander says he was originally buried in the Egyptian capital of Memphis, but then his body was relocated to a tomb in the center of Alexandria, but then they lost it after that. <laughs> like, I guess when you move them around too much, that happens. <laughs> hey, you're a lot less important when you're dead. Maybe that's the moral of the whole exercise yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares as much. They say they do, but they really don't. But, you know, do either of you know your great-great-grandfather's name? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. No, my great-grandfather, Charles Grenzo. I, I know my great-grandfather's name. I don't know my great-great-grandfather's name. I know yeah. one. I think he's got to be great-great-great was Patrick O'Hare. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the only one that I know, I think, back that far. He, he came to the United States in 1849 from Ireland. That was and like then, in the height of the potato famine, wasn't yeah, it? It was. Um, he came over with his son, left his wife and other son in Ireland until they could save up enough working the railroad to bring them across. Mm -hmm. And then there was another... He might have been a uh, another generation behind from England. Um, <clears throat> I forget his name. I, it was written down somewhere. Um, yeah, I don't remember either my great great grandparents. My I know wife my, would know. My great grandmother's name was Tecla. That was her first, first or last name. name. It was the first day was Tecla, I think either Tecla Mall or Tecla Johnson. She was my grandma's mother or my grandfather's mother. Okay. How about you, Jeff? Do you remember? No, no idea. I never met any of my great greats. I mean, I yeah. met my great grandma, but I never met anybody beyond that. Maybe that's why. But it's just it's just one of those things. Like it's it's even your own family, you know, and. I, I know my dad. I know my grandparents. I know my great grandparents by name, but mm -hmm. it doesn't go back before that. I'm sure that my father knew his great grandparents' name, but it's not information that was passed to me in any meaningful or memorable way. And I think well, that's this is something consistent. I brought up to my students a few weeks ago. I said, you know, like history, history is only what we remember like what we record. So, you know, I, and I kind of brought this conversation up. I'm like your great, great, great grandfather. Like, what do you know about him? And they're like, we don't know anything. I'm like, nobody does. They're forgotten. They're not, they're no longer part of recorded history as a individual. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's why it's important that we like study this, that we take time with it, that you like look at your own family history and just make a record. Yeah, because uh, we're only going to know what we record. Yeah. And even here's in, my, in this world, takeaway 
is you better enjoy your life because it's not going to be that long. No one's going to know your name. Yeah. Yeah. Even in this world where everything is recorded and saved forever, there's no way my great, great grandkids are going to be like, oh, look at these podcasts that great, great grandpa did, you know, in 2023. No, and, and it's not, not that there's no record. I mean, be like, well, that's record. where our fortune came from. You yeah. better watch them. Yeah. I'm sure there's records of our great, great grandparents, but there's no relevance mm-hmm. at all to us or to anybody else. No, there isn't. It's, you know, my wife, she loves Ancestry.com. And so if you were to ask her that question, she would know because she's done the work. Right. Um, of research, and and but, similarly, if I ask my mother, she'll know for the same reason. But yeah. and, and she tries to tell me this stuff. I'm like, Mom, that's that's great. But I, I got to be really honest. I just don't care. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing with my wife is she'll look it up and she'll be like, well, obviously, Going back that far, there's a lot of good census records, but that just tells you basically how old they were, what their profession was, and if they had a wife and kids at this particular decade. Um, and occasionally you'll find a couple newspaper clippings, but that's it. Like, unless you really put in the work, like you said, Jeff, nobody's going to remember, you know, four generations down who you were. So, like you say, you got to make the most of it now because this is all we get. So, anyway, that was a good sobering thought to end on, the <laughs> utility of life. No, people will remember you. I like it. So, all right. I, well, oh, go I ahead. just started reading, listening to Chaos by Tim O'Neill. Okay. It's the uh, CIA, MKUltra, Manson murders all tied into one. It's an awesome story, isn't it? It's... I've only like listened to the part like about the murders and like about the trial and it's, it's, I I don't know if I'm, I'm in the right place to do this kind of a dark tale. Yeah. Cause it is, it's, it's tough. Like to sit there and just think through that and, and, and like be resting mentally on this for like 30 minutes at a time. So, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. But it's a great way to be remembered is. Yeah. Somehow it's more enjoyable than listening to David Goggins. Tell me how awful it is. Everything he's done. I did another 200 miles and my body was broken. I'm like, this is not, I don't, why am I listening to this? I'm not going to do that. No, I wasn't. I'm like, this sounds awful. I I don't want to get up and like work out now because I don't want to end up running. 40 feet, much less 200 miles in a day. Yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. I don't, I love that intensity that some people have. It's just, that's never going to be me. And my favorite thing is he'll drop every word in the book, but he cannot bring himself to use the Lord's name in vain. It'll be F this, F that, F this other thing, mother F this, and then dead gummit. By golly. By golly. Dead gummit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone's got their own line. Just how, how the, the seals roll, I guess. But 
All right. Well, I think it's a good time to, to wrap this one up. So thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. And thank you all for listening and watching. If you like what you heard or saw, uh, like, subscribe, follow, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Have a great day in history. Boop, 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 boop.